0: With every monthly bill, like rent and car payments, you know exactly what you're getting when you pay for it. But health insurance plans feel like the total opposite. They're confusing and expensive. Then when you actually have to use your benefits, there are deductibles, claims, processes, and other red tape to deal with. But CrowdHealth puts you back in control of your health care. CrowdHealth is simple, transparent, and affordable. As a member, you'll get a personal care advocate who is with you every step of the way to help navigate the complexities of health events. They'll even negotiate bills on your behalf and could save you thousands of dollars in the process. Plus, you'll get access to thousands of other members who are ready to help pay for large health expenses. Experience healthcare freedom with CrowdHealth. Visit joincrowdhealth.com and use code HEALTH to get your first three months for just $99 per month. That's joincrowdhealth.com, code health. CrowdHealth is not health insurance. It's a totally different way of paying for health care. Terms and conditions may apply.
1: Cause there's just been a lot of backlash and stuff going on over the last 18 months. For me, that's not acceptable. Also, it is my fault, but just need to change my ways. I wasn't willing to go anywhere without my mum. Not to be like a, a mummy's <laughs> <Yeah>. boy. <laughs> I, I, I am. <laughs> Perfect. There's not a single thing I can say about him that's negative terrific manager honestly and he just gave me so much confidence uh, you know just to express myself in in the final third you know I'm in the limelight people look up to me even if I'm playing for Bournemouth people look up to anyone else in the team and other teams but a lot of pressure and bad light put on me. It just took all my confidence away.
2: From working under Eddie, do you think there's more that maybe he could have done to get the best out of you?
1: I think he tried his hardest.
2: Jordan, <laughs> if you had a message for any potential suitors that might say Jordan Ibe's I he's damaged goods or he's got an attitude as we always hear
3: in the media, what would your message be to them?
1: Have a chat with me first.
3: Hello listeners and welcome back to yet again another episode of the Beautiful Game podcast. As ever, I'm your host Budge, joined by my faithful two co-conspirators Dot and Dej. Before I introduce the chaps, um, a quick reminder, if you're not yet subscribed to our YouTube channel, make sure you do and make sure you also leave a thumbs up uh, at the bottom of this video. Um, Also want to remind you that you can listen to the audio versions of all of our interviews via Spotify. So get checking those out. Now, gents, without further ado, how, how's it going? I'm good. I can't wait for this one, bro. Looking forward to it too, man. How
2: about you, Dej? I'm good, bro. Oh, we've been chasing this one for like six, seven months. <laughs> yeah. I was literally in Bermans, you asked, what, do you know Jordan I? <laughs> <laughs> like, one of my mentors um, knew someone close to Jordan, so we've been able to hook it up. This is someone that we've wanted to speak to for a while, so yeah, let's get it cracking. 100% Cheers.
1: man. Pleasure
3: man, it's a pleasure it's, it's, it's great, we're looking forward to this one Of course we're joined by another one of South London's finest um, This uh, gentleman from Bermondsey to the Big League In 2012 when he signed for Liverpool After becoming the youngest ever football league player And goal scorer for Wickham Wanderers Of course in the, in the Premier League We've seen him dropping shoulders and selling dreams <laughs> Taking people <laughs> to the cars and leaving them at a the bus stop um, <laughs> so it's going to be really, really interesting to chop it up with this guy and 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 um, get a bit of a backdrop at, um, with regards to his career. So without further ado, we welcome Jordan Ibe to the platform. Welcome, welcome bro. Welcome, welcome, bro. Welcome. Yeah, man. The love's always different when it's a fellow South Londoner, man. So, um, so we're looking, forward, we're looking forward to this one. So, of course, Jordan, we want to uh, speak about your career and 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 you know start off at the very beginning and, and 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 talk about where you where you know where you're at currently um but before that uh I wanted to ask you a, a question about family and how important it is to you now of course you you recently became a father and often when you speak or parents in in general they always say that having children <coughs> new uh, direction in life and like it it, it gave them a different perspective because all of a sudden it's no longer them just thinking about covering their own back or sorting themselves out. They've got another another mouth to feed um, and someone else to look after. And so I wanted to ask you if if that was all, like, the same kind of situation that you felt as well. Like, is the case the same for you?
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, when I had my daughter in 2018, you know, it kind of shaped me up. You know, the, the love is pure, Uh, my little twin and obviously as you said there's a it's another mouth to feed so it's just like i'm playing for her now Mm. yeah Yeah, so jordan
2: like um when we do this show we like going through the careers of players but i think on this episode we want to do it a bit different so who is jordan ibe you see the headlines you know sometimes they're damaging you know, it can border on a defamation of character. Mm-hmm. But people don't actually think about the human side. So what do you get out of time?
1: And what do you value? Um, to do with family and my close friends and I have my daughter from time to time. So that's the main three things. So you're
2: yeah, even growing up in Bermondsey. Obviously, we're from, you know, the same ends. South Bermondsey, I grew up, you know, near the train station, near the Greggs and that. Obviously, um, down okay. the blue. Yeah, you know about down the
1: blue.
2: Of course. Yeah, of course. down the blue. <laughs> Only Bermondsey man know that lingo. So, um, how was it growing up in Bermondsey?
1: Yeah, it was calm. Yeah, um, I had a few friends around there. Went to the same primary school. Most of the time, I used to kickball at Tabard. Yeah. If you know, if you yeah, know yeah. that, I yeah, was, yeah. I was just, I was there every day after school, just playing with the older lads, and that's where it really kicked off for
4: me. Jordan, outside of football, what do you like doing? So who is Jordan and the man? What are your interests outside of the game?
1: I'm quite a reserved person. I like to stay in the house. If I'm with my daughter, then I then occasionally go out. But I prefer to stay in the house and just chill, just relax. Fair,
3: fair play. Just uh, following on from that, <coughs> Uh, question I wanted to ask. It's a bit of a random one. You probably haven't been asked this question before, but it's uh, like a, a 1A and 1B kind of question. So the first one is, in terms of music, what's the what's the song on your playlist that is getting the most attention at the moment? What song are you playing most frequently? One. And two, I can see your you're amount of, of taste. You know, you, you like the finer things and you dress well. <laughs> so if you're stepping out to a function now, what, yeah. what is your trainer of choice, and what's the colorway? Those are the two questions I want to ask.
1: Um, a lot of the, lot of my, uh, sneakers are either Jordans or Air Force ones, but they're custom. To so that, oh, like, okay. what I like. Yeah. Um, Come drip. Drip. I don't really, I don't really, I don't really wear designer um crepes like Levi's okay. and stuff like that, and Younger. I leave that to the close, and then if I'm stepping out, I might just have on all black uh, J4s, or the mm. Travis Scotts, the high tops, yeah. the, the brown ones, or the Air Force 1s.
3: Okay. Jordan, um... Wait, the, song, the song, you forgot the song, Jordan. And so-
1: the song, um... Well, I'm a major fan of Travis Scott, but on my okay. playlist right now that I'm listening to is a, a guy called Swarth, um Sinatra. Yeah.
3: yeah.
1: Yeah, you guys. Yeah,
3: yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I relate with him. And a friend of mine as well. He lives close okay. to me. Okay. So his his music's phenomenal,
3: mm-hmm.
1: honestly. Yeah,
4: I'm right. just
1: went, I'm just waiting for him to to blow up.
4: Jordan, you put a huge faith um, in God. I always see you, you know, putting up scriptures or talking about how God has been so great for you. Why is that so important to you?
1: Um, I was raised in a, a family of always going to church. I was in church for 12 years. And then what kind of distance it was uh, football. That is is on the weekend. I could have a game on the weekend on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be fair, it became my decision I, I wasn't really going to church, but I'd still, you know, check in when I can. My uncle's a pastor. And also I just read, like, scriptures of the day. So I've got, like, the Bible out. And I just felt like it was something I needed to do because there's been a lot of uh, backlash and stuff going on over the last 18 months. For me, that's not acceptable. I'm not saying this. of it's my fault but just need to change my ways.
2: Yeah, so Jordan, you, you mentioned that a lot of stuff happened in the last 18 months, and obviously we're going to go through that, but we want to start at the start of your career. You know, Wickham, young, hot shot, bursting through the scenes. Yeah. You came to my attention when you knocked one in against Sheffield Wednesday, and you ran to your family to celebrate. Months later, Liverpool came in, and they made the offer to sign. We were studying our GCSEs at that age. So for a young man going through that transition, being, you know, one of the young players at Wigan Wanderers, then the big old Liverpool coming to, you know, sign you. How was those few months?
1: Sorry about that. It was quite hectic, you know. I got a lot of respect from teachers at school. A lot of leeway. Um, <laughs> so you didn't say. have to do the homework. <laughs> no comment <laughs> um, but yeah it was it was enjoyable, and everything just happened fast, so I'd be in school maybe one uh Monday to Tuesday or monday to to Wednesday rest of the week I'm up in Liverpool in a
4: hotel Pardon me um, How difficult was that transition from going from a small local club like Wickham all the way to one of the biggest footballing clubs in the world in Liverpool? How, how difficult was it for you?
1: Um, difficult at the beginning. A lot of the players that I was playing with at the time were majority scarce. If they weren't scarce, there were like, players that they had bought from like Brazil or a next country that did. Didn't really speak English. So for the Scousers, no disrespect. When I first got there, I couldn't understand a word. Yeah. From, from the manager, from the, the players on my team, in the, on the A-teams and in the reserves. But it grew
3: on me. And what would you say your um, your support system was like, Jordan? Because obviously, like uh, Dej mentioned, at the time, you were taking your exams, so you're still very, very young. You're in a completely new and and, and different um, setting. There's so much that you've got to adapt and adjust to. Um, what were you, what were your family like in the, in that time? Were they were they very supportive of you? And 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 do you feel like you know the club and 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 the uh, other invested parties did enough to, to sort of help you uh, and nurture you along that journey?
1: Yeah, definitely. the they, they provided. Uh, a house for my mum and put my brother and sister into to good schools, grammar schools. So it was good for them so they could get their education. And I wasn't willing to go anywhere without my mum. Mm-hmm. Not to be like a, a mum's <laughs> boy. <Yeah. laughs> I, I I am.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I no, you always got a Denada one.
1: the I wasn't mm. going to go all the way up north and of course. have my family still down here. So it was all of us and nothing. Mm.
2: Yeah, so obviously Brendan Rodgers brought you in. He's a top, top, you know, young manager doing big things at um, Leicester City right now. So how is your relationship with him like now? Because what we found on our podcast is he always has a great synergies with us boys from south. You know, Frank Newblaze come on and said it. John Joe Shelby said the same thing. How's he been with you?
1: Um, Perfect. There's not a a single thing I can say about him that's negative. Um, Terrific manager, honestly. And he's just gave me so much confidence, you know, just to express myself in in the final third.
2: Mm, There was that game against Everton. You know, I remember we were playing three at the back and you went on that mazy run and it slapped the post that big pressure game against Everton. for How was it going into that game?
1: A little bit of nerves, can't lie. I think it was my first uh, derby. And you already know the history between the two clubs, especially playing away from home. So it was quite difficult, but we played well. And I just wish that shot went in. Man of the match
2: performance, though.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, Stevie, he, he said some words when we had the interview after the game and that encouraged me for the, the rest of the season.
4: Speaking of pressure, um, in 2015, Raheem Sterling departed Liverpool and internally, there was a lot of confidence that, you know, they had Jordan Ibe and they said, listen, this guy is going to be as good as Raheem Sterling. A lot of the media hyped you up as well. Do you almost feel like that added a lot of pressure on you? Um,
1: To, to some extent, you know, because Raheem's a, a top guy. You know, me and him st- still speak now. He still gives me advice. But he's a terrific football player. So, I to you know, live up to him, it's always going to be difficult. Mm. And especially being at Liverpool there expect the best of the best and Raheem was playing phenomenal so it was a bit of pressure for me to play um, at his level and at the level of the the whole team
3: And going back a bit Jordan, obviously Brendan is uh, a a manager who who thinks very highly of you Um, and he spoke about the fact that you are a very versatile player and you can play out wide on either flank, you can play uh, as a striker, you can and played as a striker as a playmaker as well in, mm. in your opinion where do you feel is your, your most uh, comfortable position where, where are you most at home
1: for me the uh, funny thing is um, Liverpool bought me as a striker Ooh. and then put, and then put, put me on uh, the wing uh. but I've always felt like I like to play in the number 10 role like the free role Maybe get the ball from deep or pass pass out wide or link with a striker. Or if I can't play there, then either wings because it wouldn't be a problem for me because I can use either feet.
2: Yes. Yeah, so during the time you were at Liverpool, it was stockpiled with a lot of talent. You had Daniel Sturridge, Suarez, Raheem, you know, Coutinho. How was it like being in that changing room? Did you think to yourself, you know what, I could break through or potentially opportunities might have to come elsewhere?
1: I thought both things thing, uh, came to my mind is when I wake up, I uh, was smiling because I know I'd be, with, <laughs> I, I'd be with these guys today. And it's like, even though i training with them, I'm still watching the show. If you <laughs> yeah, get yeah, yeah. And it's crazy because like, I used to bring my friends to training and my stepdad. And they can vouch for me. Like, in training, Steve, he never left and lost the war. Wow. Never, 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 ever.
2: So how good is he? You know, people talk about I central ain't... midfielders in the Prem. People talk about Lampard, Skulls, Gerrard. Where would you rank him in terms of all-time football, for centre-mids? Sorry.
1: I'm putting him first. Wow. Not, not because I um, used to play for Liverpool, but I'm putting him first. You know, his leadership. You know, the the, the other two they they have leadership, but I just felt like Gerard knew something else, especially coming from Liverpool himself, being captain. You you've seen his career, the top player.
4: Um. In October 2015, um, Jurgen Klopp was brought into the club, um, widely regarded as one of the best managers in the world. What kind of impact did he have on you? Um, there was a little transition
1: there, because I think he wanted to you know, get the first team in shape and then maybe you know, put some of the young players on loan. I me. a um, little training match, and I performed well. And that's when it clicked in. And then he started showing faith in me.
4: I remember that favourite clip when he was like, IB! Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Everyone rem- remembers that. But, yeah, he gave me so much confidence. He was like a father figure on the pitch, 100%. Even yeah. if I had a, a bad game or a good game, it's all clapped in the back of my head like he's my uncle. For <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> that game against Ruben Kazan after the game, when you sunk into his jacket. Obviously, mm. you've seen him go on to turn around the team to make them the best team in the world right now. Yeah. What are the secrets of his success? Because everyone looks on the outside, we see the press in, we see the high energy. But working in that dressing room, what have you seen that makes him stand out as the best manager in the world right now?
1: He just makes the team as one. You know? No, no arguments. Just made the team as one. Uh, the philosophy behind it as well. And he made, it was like 26, 27 players in the squad. He made everyone feel like he was their dad. He gave everyone an opportunity, and I'm grateful for that.
4: Who um, did you congratulate after you know winning the Premier League title? Obviously, Liverpool are now champions of England. Did you send a text to anyone? Have you spoken to anyone to say well done? Um,
1: I haven't messaged anyone yet. To be fair, I will do though. <laughs> no, we saw your yeah.
2: Instagram post yeah. though. Yeah. Congratulations yeah, I a nice touch.
1: That. Yeah, that was
3: a nice touch Yeah uh, Jordan, you know what I wanted to um, Dial back to The question that um, Dot asked a bit earlier About like Pressure And Okay, in, in one sense we're, we're obviously talking about it In relation to You and Raheem Sterling But mm. The thing that comes to mind Is like Often um, In the media A player As the next This player Or the next that player Always oh, do you feel that that also is something that adds unnecessary pressure to um uh, an individual and and you know in in your case has has comparisons like that meant that you've you've maybe subconsciously tried to mold your game according to a particular player that and it may not have felt very natural to you but you felt like you kind of had to
1: yeah because I'm a player that I like the water feet um whether I'm deep or not. Obviously, I wanted to feed higher up the pitch. But Raheem, something that he mastered was uh, making runs in behind or across the pitch. And that was something that I had to learn from him. And Brendan told me to. And it it started working.
2: Yeah, so Jordan, obviously you were at Liverpool. You had some loan spells. You went to Derby. That was a very, very fruitful um, time for you at the club. There's a player I want to talk to you about, Jordan Henderson. You see him yeah. getting pelters in the press all the time. Yeah. I mean, he should be a strong candidate for player of the season. How yeah. is he like to play with? How is it like being in the changing room with him? Because people question his ability, but I always say it's the intangibles that make a player. So walking into Melwood every day, what standards was he setting?
1: High standards. You know, it's times you speak to me. Before, when we're coming on the pitch, he'll be like, "George, you're gonna beat him today." Whether I'm feeling under pressure or not, before the game's even started, he's telling me, "George, you're gonna beat him today." Indra, George, make sure you're focusing. All these stuff like he'd be on to me and onto other players as well, senior players. But that's how it was.
4: What, so, do you almost feel that he should be, you know, given the PFA player of the year this season? Do you think he's been the standout player in the Premier League this season? Uh, yes. Him and other players, but... Oh, yeah, over Henderson.
3: Kevin De Bruyne? Over Kevin De Bruyne?
1: No, no, Henderson.
3: Yeah, I agree. I agree.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, Jordan, obviously, you um, had a spell at Liverpool that came to an end. You made a record move. For Bournemouth at the time 15 million pounds He left with Brad Smith as well Who came on On a lower fee What made you come to that decision To say that You know what My time is at Liverpool is at an end
1: um, I had a chat with clock um, and, he, and he thought it was best You know To like spread my wings but we always put in the contract that we're, within the three seasons, there's a buyback, yeah. buyback clause. So I went thinking, you know what, I need to have more time on the pitch. Because he was bringing in, he brought in Mane. And then the following season, I think he brought in more Salah. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I just thought I need to change clubs and, you know, become the main man there. So at the time, did you have any
2: interest from elsewhere or were Bournemouth the only club that were vying for your signature?
1: To be honest, there was interest from elsewhere, but I wanted that.
2: Yeah, fair
4: enough. So you made the move to Bournemouth. And for me as a fan, I'm a Liverpool fan, Jordan. I was disappointed, but I knew, listen, there's a special talent in here. And when I saw you move into Bournemouth under Eddie Howe's tutelage, I was thinking, this is the perfect move for you. You started off well, but you almost petered out, you know, as time went on. What do you think went wrong at, at Bournemouth?
1: I don't want to talk too much, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. No, I, I can't pinpoint it.
2: Mm. Yeah, because you hear Eddie Howe, Jason Tyndall, Steve Fletcher come out and say, the boys got all the ability in the world. I even saw yeah. Callum Wilson on SOC AM saying they asked him who's the best player at the club? He said Jordan Ibe. So do you believe there's off the field factors that were contributing to you maybe not performing to the level that you could?
1: 110%.
2: So what factors there were that couldn't or wasn't aiding your performances on the pitch? Within me, yeah.
1: Uh Lifestyle.
2: Okay. Well, going clubs and that.
1: Occasionally,
4: mm. or
1: yeah, just them sort of stuff.
4: Jordan, would you would you say that the media contributed to it as well? Because for me, it almost seems like your confidence was knocked. I saw a lot of bad press all the time. Jordan, I'm doing this. Jordan, I'm doing that. What do you have to say to to any of that?
1: Um, you know, I'm in the limelight. People look up to me. Even if I'm playing for Bournemouth, people look up to anyone else in the team and other teams. But um, there were a lot of pressure and bad light put on me and it just took all my confidence away. Mm. Like, took it.
4: How tough was that mentally for you, though, bro? I
1: was stressed out. And I just want to go back home.
4: Really? Was there like, like abuse on Instagram, abuse on Twitter? Because I know that can be a very vile place at times.
1: Yeah, there was. Instagram, um, um, And even in uh, the Bournemouth area. So uh, I, just, I just wanted to go back home. Yeah, because is, Jordan,
2: a lot of people just see the headlines and they think he's getting X amount of money. He should be immune to criticism. But if there was a message that you could put out to maybe sections of the press or these trolls, these abusers, what would you say to them?
1: Uh, There'd be a lot of things I'd have to say, to be fair. Uh, It was just like a piss tape. Mm. I used to just get under my skin a lot of the time. Mm.
2: So would you like maybe talk to family teammates, senior pros in the dressing room?
1: Nah, um, I like to keep myself to myself. The only person I spoke to was really Nathan Aki and Nismisset, yeah. but Nathan for advice, and my family.
3: Mm. Yeah. Well, do you know what, Jordan? I think often people forget still how young you are. Because you came on the scene at such a young age, right and you've you've been able to amass so much experience in this short space of time mm. it's like you know people forget that you're still you're still only what 24 right so you still you're still like very very young in terms of your playing career you've got so many years ahead of you so what i wanted to ask you is that if if you if you were to take your career as like um two phases you've you've just ended the first phase and now you're going to go into the second phase of your career looking back what do you what, what, what's the one thing or what are the few things that you take as experiences and, and, and things that you've learned that you're going to change in this next phase of your career going forward?
1: Uh, a lot of stuff at uh, uh, Bournemouth. Uh, to do with myself. Yeah. Don't want to do end it yeah.
4: Do you almost feel like when Raheem Sterling hit out in 2018, that's changed the way the media have um, perceived you a bit? Or do you think it's still been the same old um, rhetoric and the same old narrative in regards of reporting to you?
1: Uh, I think it's been the same.
4: So what is it, like, blingy, flash?
1: That uh, sort of stuff, cars.
2: Yeah, so, Jordan, I... Um... Remember listening to recently, Glenn Johnson came out on a radio station and he sort of said, Eddie Howe can't deal with star players. He's used to dealing with players from a lower profile. And he cited you and Jermaine Defoe, as you know, cases. From working under Eddie, do you think there's more that maybe he could have done to get the best out of you?
1: I think he tried his hardest, but um, it's hard to say, because, you know, mm. this this will go everywhere. Um, I think he tried his hardest, to be fair, but um, it just didn't click.
2: Mm. Mm. So how is he as a coach as well? Because we see on the TV a young manager that wants to play a progressive game. He seems like a nice man. So, obviously, you've been in the four walls of Bournemouth's training ground. Um, how is he like, him and Jason Tyndall?
1: Yeah, they're good guys. Mm. Uh, they're really sweet. They're really sweet to that. So What's
2: that so like again? They're, Sorry?
1: They're really, uh, i would say with them much.
2: Okay. Mm. okay, so it's much more of a standoffish relationship because when I see Eddie, Eddie Howe, he's a manager that likes to talk to his players, um, mm. get into their personal lives, and. Uh, you know, interact with them that way.
1: Maybe with others.
2: Some from the way you're speaking now, it's like, <laughs> you know, there's something mm. maybe that went mm. amiss that you probably thought, mm. you know, what, I didn't get the treatment I deserve. So maybe some failings were on my behalf, but also the club could have done more to assist and aid me. Is that a fair analysis?
1: That's, you saying, it. <laughs> That's <laughs> you saying it.
2: Clever. Very
4: That's clever. Jordan, what, what were the differences? Because when I look at it on face value, Brendan Rogers, young manager, Eddie Howe, young manager, both of them have this attacking progressive philosophy. So, what was the difference between you clicking with Brendan and you not quite clicking with Eddie?
1: I don't know, you know. Um, the ball is not exactly the same, mm-hmm. you know um from Brendan's team to um the team I was in at Bournemouth. Um they tried to be um but it it wasn't the same.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I just had this from day one just clicked with the manager. And he treated me like a like a farmer figure as well.
3: Mm-hmm. Do you know, Jordan? I, um, I wanted to uh, go back again to that the point I was making about the next phase of your career, right? Um, so, in in uh, in the past, been uh, mm. a, a number of different clubs abroad that have um, been rumored to have been interested in you, um, like Napoli, Fiorentina, Espanyol and Celtic, for example. Now, would you would you consider um, moving abroad? Um, in in this phase of your life now, to 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 sort of uh, go into the next phase of, of your career, and and is it a bit more difficult to to, to think about uh, moves like that now that you've got your daughter? What what kind of how does that change the dynamic?
1: Yeah, you've kind of answered all of it. Um, that that's been in the back of my mind um, for me to maybe move away abroad, but you know was not me, me, me not seeing my daughter as much and yeah. that, would, that would frustrate me.
2: Yeah, we've seen already throughout this interview that you're a big family man. You've spoken mm. a lot about your mum, about your daughter, your stepdad. Um, I want to go into the you know, incident in 2019 when there was the crash into the shop in Bromley there was a wide media coverage of the incident and maybe for a young player this could be overwhelming. And I remember you saying in the verdict that you're going to take a look at yourself and undergo the treatment you need to become a better person and make better decisions. So what sort of things have you been doing to try and change yourself and change your outlook on life?
1: Um, To be honest, um, we've we've all... That was happening, it was just getting the better of me. I was getting stressed out, a little depressed at the time. So I needed to go to like a private facility and just cool off for a bit. So, would you, say, no,
2: like, would you say now you're in a much, much
1: more better place? Yeah, definitely. Um, That's good, brother. I'm, I'm not Damn. thinking. I'm not thinking them stupid thoughts mm. anymore because I was getting too much stress, too too much stress.
4: So how do you? Having you, to go, you say. Children, how do you manage that stress now?
1: Oh, it's the team I have around me. Um, I keep it small and I conversate with my mum every day.
2: Yes, yeah, so, um, Jordan, what I wanted to do, I wanted to ask about one of your teammates. You mentioned him, Nathan Ake, as someone mm. that's been giving you advice. He's been rumoured to be linked to the top clubs, you know, Manchester City, uh, Manchester United. Obviously, Chelsea. we saw Oli having a word in his ear and they sort of <laughs> smiled. So, we don't know what's <laughs> happening there. But do you think he's got the ability to play super clubs? 100%.
1: I want to see him do that. You know, he deserves it. He's been such a top player for Bournemouth. And even when he went back to Chelsea, he didn't play as much, but he's a terrific player. And uh, no doubt no to, to Bournemouth has nurtured him. They felt him on his way uh-huh. uh, to the play he is today. But, you know, he's, he's good enough to be at them, them top clubs. Uh, I'd love to see it on there. What do you make so far
2: of the season Bournemouth have had? They came to the Premier League, you know, they were fresh as ever, attacking team, dynamic. But this season, everything seems to have disintegrated. And, you know, people have maybe said that Eddie Howe might walk, he might resign. And in a few of their recent performances, it looks that all is not well. So what would you say is the reason for the demise this season?
1: I don't know, maybe a of uh, confidence. Um, I know just before lockdown, there was a lot of injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know really. I don't know.
3: You know, you know what I wanted to ask you? So it's, it's going back to that point about um, thinking about potentially having to play abroad um, to sort of re- um, go into the next stage of your career, right? And I wondered if you, um, if you were in contact with any players that, um, that that currently are playing abroad. So, you know, of, of course, everybody knows about um, Jaden Sancho uh, leaving um, City and, 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 and going over to Germany to play for Dortmund and, and how that's really just elevated his career. Other players as well that have, have, have gone um, to play abroad um, Adamola Lukman um, and, and loads of others that I can't even think of at, at, at the moment Right, But have, have you ever considered getting in touch with those players and, and speaking to them about their experiences How they're finding it abroad uh, Just to get get yourself a, a different perspective
1: uh, Some players have spoken to me um... Just told me that, you know, the league will be better for me, better suited for me. Um, but I've obviously just taken it as, you know, information and not really dwell on it. But that conversation has happened. Yeah. Just,
4: just to go back to Bournemouth quickly, do you think, you know, this is the year that's actually going to culminate in the club getting relegated? Or do you think they're going to have enough to get out of that mess at the bottom? 50 50. Hmm. I hope they don't.
1: But it's fifty fifty.
4: And what what have you been doing in your own life and your personal life to stay fit? Obviously, you're looking for a new club now. What what have you been doing to stay on top of things?
1: Um, you know, my our family here they sort of like a nutritionist for me. Yeah. And my cousin sorted out like a PT for me. Hmm. So we train. Um, a couple times a week, I've got the Peloton bike so that keeps me sweating as well yeah. in the house. So there's a couple stuff, and uh, just like today, I just came back from playing football. Yeah, how many goals did you bang? Yeah, <laughs> too many.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it, like it. Yeah, so Jordan, this much must be a bit of a funny situation for you. From 15 up to 24, you've been in clubs, you've been contracted. How have you managed to like keep that focus and see that light at the end of the tunnel? Because your fellow pros, they're back playing. You know, Premier League's back, Championships back. So how does it feel?
1: It's weird. Um, very weird. Never been in this position. Um, I feel like it would have been different if I was obviously going as a free transfer. At the appropriate time Mm. But everything's been pushed back So it's uh, it's a bit different
2: Because it's funny I know Bournemouth offered you a contract In and around January But you actually rejected it So it seems that this was made by you But obviously as you mentioned With Covid and that It just messes up the whole market Clubs haven't got money And
1: is the phone ringing? The phone has been ringing I don't answer though (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Uh, I leave that to my mum and stepdad. And, yeah, to your other thing, yeah, they did offer a contract, but uh, they don't want to say.
4: So, obviously, the phone's been ringing. At what level is it? Premier League level? Championship? Is it abroad? What is it?
1: I don't want to say. Yeah, there's Uh, rumours. You'll see it
2: there's been rumours about Celtic and uh, Crystal Palace, you know, knocking on the door and having strong interest. But if you're going to...
4: Really?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Jordan, Jordan. stop it. (laughs) it,
4: Jordan's
2: (laughs) doing media. (laughs) So, Jordan, if you had the message for any potential suitors that might say, Jordan Ibe's damaged goods or he's got an attitude, as we always hear in the media, what would your message be to them?
1: have a chat with me first. 100%. Mm. And you'll get a different vibe. Different
2: that's what I'm saying. Definitely. Because a lot of people that I've spoken to that know you personally say that you're a nice guy. Like, you train hard. Even Glenn Johnson said that at the same stage, you were training harder than Raheem Sterling. You know, so... He had a lot of praise.
1: stuff.
3: Mm, so. Yeah, that's big stuff. Uh, what I wanted to say Jordan, is... As soon as that move happens, yeah, mm. and, and 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 you pick up the, you eventually do pick up the phone and you um you you agree to a contract. The first mm. place you need to come back to share the story is here. <laughs> yeah, virtual handshake. Man. You're signing a contract right now. a Virtual handshake. <laughs> nah, big up.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Nah, big up
3: Jordan. Like, we
2: want to see you do well, and yeah. this is the purpose for platforms like ours to. Bring footballers on or professionals on. Tell your side of the story. Because all we see yeah. is a headline, Jordan this, Jordan I does that. And there's no context. Yeah. So I think you coming on has provided context. Like you said you've made some mistakes. Obviously, there's other things that have happened outside of football. So I respect and big you up for coming on our platform, bro. Yeah,
1: I respect it. I appreciate you guys taking that time as well.
4: No, definitely. Yeah, Jordan, we love want to every stay time. in contact with you, and we wish you all the best. And hopefully, that next move works out for you, and you take to it like a duck to water, bro. Because we really want you to do well as a fellow South Londoner as well, bro. So pick right. up yourself, yeah. And Thank
3: you. Bro. Big up yourself, bro. 100%.
1: Thank you, bro.
3: Thank you very much to all of you as well that have listened in. Um, I said it at the beginning, but I'm going to remind you again: if you're not yet subscribed, make sure you subscribe right now. Um, also, um, uh, like the video, um, and if you want to listen to any of our uh, audio interviews, then you can do so on Spotify. You can also do so on uh, SoundCloud on, on, and on Apple Podcasts as well. And if you're listening in on Apple Podcasts, please with a five-star review. You can follow us on Twitter at, pod, uh, at podcast underscore TBG, and on uh, Instagram at pod underscore TBG. And until the next episode, over and out.
0: based on Cox analysis of Ucla speed test intelligence data q3 2022 and cox serviceable areas visit cox.com/internet for details Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.